us in the studio this morning from the Monmouth Fire Department, we do have Chief Casey Rex Rowe. Good morning, Chief. Good morning. We also have with us Assistant Chief Brian Moorefield. Good morning, Good Chief. Morning. How you doing? Well, Good. Good. Uh, lots to talk about. It's the first snowfall, so it's here. Winter yeah, is, we got is our first arriving. taste of winter this uh, weekend, didn't we? It uh, wasn't too bad, though. It was kind of a, a wet snow and uh, good for making snowmen and snow forts and things like that. I know that some of the kids got out and uh, made a snowman with it, but uh, um, it was our first official taste of winter, I think, and uh, I think we kind of needs a gear every get, get a good opportunity for everybody to gear up and and uh, get ready for the rest of the winter well this is our fault because every year when we start freezing for food it always gets cold mm-hmm. but we have it a week earlier this year and it still snows and gets cold right. golly we have to move it all the way up to before thanksgiving <laughs> yeah, aren't we right. <laughs> all right let's talk about holiday safety chief go ahead uh, well, we just want to remind people as we move into the holidays, we just finished with Thanksgiving. You know, that's one of the uh, biggest um, days of the year as far as home fires go. Um, I believe that along with Christmas and Christmas Eve are the three top days uh, each year for home fires. And so we want to just remind people that um, when you're get, actually setting up for your for your Christmas right now with the tree and the lights and everything else, to be very careful what you're doing. You know, um, you know around the holidays, we like to use more candles. That's an open flame and a potential hazard. Um, but when you're doing the uh, the decorations and things like that, you want to make sure and keep keep the uh, uh, you know anything that's flammable away from from that open flame where it could be set a candle or for, away from the fireplace and things like that. And uh, you know when you're doing the with the lights, you want to check them over real quick just to make sure none of the cords are frayed, and uh, you know there's no wires showing and things like that that uh, could potentially start a fire. Okay. Most decorations are pretty good to go, right? They're pretty safe. Yeah, these days they make the decorations pretty safe. It's some of those older ones that have maybe been around for a long time. If if the you know if they're outside and the in the wires are starting, the insulation is starting to crack and things like that, and you get exposed wires, there is an opportunity for something to arc there and uh, and maybe start a fire. So just want to check those over real quick before you before you really put them up on the house. Okay. Uh, Assistant Chief Brian Moorefield, ion uh, batteries, lithium batteries. We're seeing all these new batteries come into play. Well, they are amazing technology. However, we got to be careful, especially when it comes time to charging these batteries. Um, you know, they state that it's okay to leave these batteries on chargers full time. Uh, we are seeing their studies out right now that once they've reached full charge, they need to be removed from the charger. Um, they can continue to generate heat, and then just be careful where we're charging them. Just like when you plug in your phone, you know, a lot of people always have their phone plugged in next to them at bed, you know, bedtime. But I would highly recommend setting it on a nightstand or something next to you on a hard surface, not in your bed where it can get under a pillow or, or whatnot. So. They produce heat. Yes, Tell, like how does tremendous that, amount of heat. Yeah, how does that happen? Oh, it's actually in the charging process of the battery. You know, uh, it's way beyond me. Um, <laughs> all I all I know though is that the the heat is contained, and we don't notice the heat as much. And the older cell phones, remember, you can feel the phone starts getting warm too as we're charging. Yeah. And uh, but no, they're they're insulated well and whatnot, but it still poses a risk. And we're also seeing now with the batteries, obviously, in electric vehicles and and other things. I noticed uh, some electric snowblowers out the other day as well. Uh, you know, same thing. We just got to be cautious of those batteries and the charging process, especially you know, especially. Just I, I wouldn't be charging and you know leaving home uh, while they're charging. So okay, good information to know because I've wondered about that because it is new technology that we're dealing with. And there's some EVs that have had some difficulty with that charging. Yeah, you know, they, they're, uh, I think that we're in the kind of early stages of the EV, you know, if, in, if you want to, you know, they've been around for a really long time, but um, I think that we, as they kind of get more into population, we start finding out what problems they do have. And so uh, I think that may be one of the things that uh, they need to take a look at is some of the fires that have happened and uh, maybe kind of a a way to put them out because, you know, it's very difficult to put out a car fire that uh, has those lithium batteries. You know, 
tremendous amount of water it takes to put those out. And they are coming out with some different technologies, you know, with fire blankets and things like that um, that you can put over it and smother the fire instead of putting it out with water. Um, but it is a, a big hazard um, for, for those people that have them and for the fire, depart- fire department to have to go put those out. Okay. And holiday safety includes uh, our vehicles. Yeah, you know, it, before I move on from that, I just want to mention the, the smoke alarm and carbon monoxide detectors as we kind of get into the winter months, too. You know, uh, when, you're, when you're due to decorations and things like that, it might not be a bad idea uh, to check that smoke alarm to make sure it's working. You know, if it's a, a smoke alarm that has the uh, battery inside of it, unless it's a hardwired smoke detector that is actually supposed to have a battery as a backup, um, you know, those are fine. But if you have a, a smoke alarm that um, uses battery as its primary power source, you want to go ahead and replace that uh, with a smoke alarm that has the 10-year uh, sealed long-life battery. Uh, as we talk about battery stuff still, <laughs> it has the long-life battery, uh, the 10-year uh, sealed alarm. And so go to replace that. And then carbon monoxide is also a big uh, concern during the winter months. With people start turning on the furnaces and things like that, um, you could have the potential for uh, carbon, carbon monoxide in the house. And so we want to make sure everybody has an alarm. To, to be able to sense that uh, before it becomes a problem. Let me ask you this, uh, uh, Assistant Chief Moorfield, wh- where does carbon monoxide typically come from in a home? So in our homes here in town, uh, we're fueled by natural gas. And whether you have natural gas or you have a wood-burning fireplace or you, you have an attached garage, um, carbon monoxide is a byproduct of combustion and if it's not a good clean combustion or you have a, a you know slight leak of carbon monoxide of unburned fuel uh, you could develop uh, you know unsafe levels of carbon monoxide in the homes and talking about an attached garage you know we want to be careful not leaving a vehicle running in a garage <clears throat> or if it's warm and you know the vehicle's warming up you might have the garage door open however if you have your door going inside the house open or when I'm taking stuff in and out, you also stand the risk of having carbon monoxide enter the home from the vehicle's exhaust. But, uh, you know, it's important to have your furnaces serviced uh, once a year. This helps, you know, uh, maintain their, their efficiency. It's, you know, awesome, you know, not running a risk of having carbon monoxide, uh, you know, from them. Also with water heaters or if you have a gas stove or oven, um, we can, you know, anytime we have a leak and unburned raw uh, fuel, you run the risk of having not only the gas leak in the house, but elevated levels of CO. So. Okay. Thank you for that explanation. Because I, I just got to thinking, where does that come from? Yeah. You just, yeah. we hear about it, the carbon monoxide detectors, but where where would the source generate from? So Right. Yeah. And those carbon monoxide detectors need to be mounted uh, within 15 feet of every sleeping area. So, you know, if, you, if all the bedrooms are close together upstairs, you can kind of put one in the hallway in the middle of everything. Um, but if the bedrooms are farther apart, they do need to be within 15 feet of that sleeping area. Okay. Good information. All right, anything else you want to talk about holiday safety-wise for the home? I don't think so. We go back to the cars. Sorry to interrupt you. Huh? <laughs> no, that's <right. laughs> But, uh, no, we, uh, you know, talked about earlier with the with the snow coming in, things like that. Uh, it doesn't hurt to uh, pack up a, a, a little emergency kit to put in your car uh, just in, say, in case something happens. Right, right. You know, and it's important, too, especially as we travel. And a lot of us, as we're getting in our garages, you know, attached to the house, we're warm and cozy. We get in the car, and we're going to go straight to work and run right into work. So we don't think about, you know, being prepared and dressing appropriately. And that also goes with, you know, your emergency kit that you, the chief could talk about that we'd have in the vehicle. It's crucial to make sure that that coat and blanket, maybe hat and gloves, are in the vehicle with you, not like in your trunk or the rear SUV. Because if you get into an accident or such, and you can't exit the vehicle or access your 
your uh, your gear to help keep you warm. Um, obviously, we can't fit everything inside the car, but think you know think about if if the vehicle is stopped or you're in traffic or whatever the situation is and you can't get out and access, what can you grab right now you know to keep yourself yes. sustainable? You know, I always remember uh, years ago. I cannot think of the date. But our operations manager, Mike Weaver, has been with us for a long, long time. Well, he comes from Macomb. Well, one day we did the usual. The storm was coming. So, hey, go ahead and get in your vehicle, head on back to Macomb. And so he had a full tank of gas headed towards 67. I don't know if you guys remember, out of nowhere, the, the trucks um, turned over. What do you call that? Um, jack. Uh, Jackknife. Jack oh, okay. And the snows just started coming in so fast. Everybody was stranded on Highway 67 (laughs) North and South. He was there for hours. So it's real. You need to have something because you can't run your car right. mm-hmm. for for that length of time. So, and you touched on having a full tank, and that's just it too. turning the vehicle off for a while, but also being in a vehicle. Uh, that cold temperature is going to increase rapidly as soon as your heat is off. But that also goes with making sure your exhaust pipes you know, clear of snow while the vehicle's running. Um, but again, think about having a, a full cell phone. Uh, you know, battery, your vehicle might not always be running to where you can charge your vehicle or charge your cell phone, excuse me. But warmth is a key thing. Remember in, in, in sub-zero temperatures, even you dehydrate just as fast, if not faster than you do in uh, elevated temperature you know, conditions. So uh, water is crucial uh, to have with you. But think about the other passengers in your vehicle too. Don't have enough just for you. Right. So. Okay. So emergency kit, prepare, uh, prepare a coat, blanket, gloves, uh, maybe even some boots in case you do yeah, have yeah, to get out. Yeah, blankets and things like that. And uh, like, uh, Assistant Chief Moorfield said, a cell phone charger. Um, and, you know, run your car once in a while. You never know when something's going to happen. You know, it might not be your fault. You may, Like you said, it might be an accident ahead of the road. You're sitting there for a couple hours. And we, you know, we've had uh, instances in, in uh, Warren County uh, in our area that uh, we've had a lot of snow all at once. And we have people run off through it all together. And, and that, you know, if it gets to that level there's sometimes where uh the, the tow trucks just they come off the road and say we're we're done for the night too you know because they want to risk being uh, stuck themselves and that's exactly what we have seen that happen numerous right, times right yeah and that's, that's a very difficult situation because we're we're very frustrated as first responders we're not able to get to people to help them out um, but also you know uh, people are um, just stuck out there they're not injured or anything so that's why it's a very frustrating situation so uh, the better off uh, you can give yourself a little bit of a head start by having all these things in your car and uh, and have to wait those situations out. Okay. Uh, space heaters. That's a big one you like to touch on every year. Yeah. Uh, space heaters, um, you know, we kind of talked before, before our interview here about uh, if they're dangerous and things like that. I don't think space heaters alone are, are dangerous. It's maybe just how you use them. Um, space heaters, are, you, uh, you want to make sure and set them away from furniture, curtains, and, th- and things like that, you know, at least three feet away from all that stuff. You don't want to, uh, you know, could project heat out in front of it. You don't want to get everything too hot. Um, but the, the, one of the biggest things that we see is with the, uh, the cords that, to use the space heaters. You know, uh, people use, uh, to get those three feet away from things, a lot of people will use a, a, an extension cord with the space heater. And most times the, the extension cord that people use is not rated for that heater. Those space heaters use a tremendous amount of electricity, and uh, they're trying to pull that much electricity through a smaller power cord that's not made for it. Um, it can heat up very, very quickly. And, uh, you know, if that's laying across carpet or on a piece of furniture or something like that, it can cause a fire pretty quickly. Okay. Okay, so being conscientious of our where our space heaters are at. All right, gosh, you guys are talking like it's going to get cold. It's winter already. <laughs> Goodness. Okay, and then uh, what else did you have for us this morning? Well, I think that we're just for preparing for later this week. We have, uh, we're going to be out with uh, freezing for food. 
with uh, you guys out at the Save a Lot. So, yeah, that is this is uh, 23 years. So appreciate everything. That's awesome. I yeah. mean, it's uh, it's uh, it's needed. It's definitely needed this year, and we will do it. And lots of people will be out there to talk with um, as well. So yeah. uh, we're at our normal, about 125 to 130. Good. Awesome. Pending sickness. I mean, there is yeah. a lot of sickness going around, <laughs> but yep. So freezing for food is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at your mom at Save-A-Lot. We will be collecting non-perishable food items and cash to go in and shop. Uh, we actually have lists of what they need at both Roseville Helping Hands and Jameson uh, Community uh, Center, the food pantries. We have that list, and we're all set uh, to begin. And a big thanks to everybody for that. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. And Keep a lookout at Station 1. The wreath will be going up uh, December 1st. Our goal is to keep all the lights on that wreath uh, kept red through the month of December. Any residential structure fire will replace one red light with a white light. So the goal is keep the wreath red, and uh, everyone can help do their part. But keep a look at Station 1. Let's hope we don't see any white lights on that this year. Yeah, let's hope not. Because uh, so far, so good, right? We've had a pretty good couple of months. Mm-hmm. We have. Okay, a lot of training going on, too. Yes, there is. Okay, keep up the good work, guys. All right, thank you. We really appreciate what you do, and I'll see you uh, for three days this week. <laughs> Sounds great. Sounds good. Look forward to it. That is Assistant Chief Brian Moorfield, Chief Casey Rex wrote with us from the Monmouth Fire Department on WRA.